from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios. It's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. I imagine the man who's about to join us sitting in a dark room, covered in a dark shawl, mumbling to himself, under the next, under the next, under the next, under the next. His idol, the man who basically designs and models his professional life after our ESPN 106.3 connoisseur of the Patriot Way, Evan Cohen, joining us in a very timely edition of his regular Thursday spot. It couldn't have scripted it any better. Evan Cohen, part of Unsportsmanlike with Michelle Smallman and Chris Canty every day, 6 to 10 a.m. here on ESPN 106.3. In, in, in all honesty, I, 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 I promise in all sincerity, Evan, I want to ask you this question. Are you okay? Yeah, it stinks. It stinks in a way that I think actually can all sports fans can relate to. And I actually think that every sports fan whether you're a Patriots fan or Belichick fan or not, I believe should actually feel the exact same way today. And what I mean by that is the day that Michael Jordan retired for good, it was the end of an era. It was an end of a piece of your childhood or your adulthood or however, you old, however old you were at that time. That if you were watching sports when Michael Jordan was playing for the Chicago Bulls and winning six championships – and then he wasn't. It was just a feeling that this thing that we all talk about and have an opinion about is over. The day that Belichick and Brady broke up and Brady left and ultimately went to Tampa, there was a part of it and then ultimately retired after last season. You look at it and say, this person, this dynasty, this one-man dynasty that we have all witnessed for 20-plus years is now over. And today is the technical end of the Patriot way of the dynasty, however you want to look at it, after 24 years. And you could sit there and say, good riddance, I'm so sick of Belichick. Which I have. But being sick, right, but being sick of Belichick means you have an opinion on Belichick. Sure. Being annoyed with Belichick, having a take on Deflategate, on Spygate, on six Super Bowl wins, on ten Super Bowl appearances, means that you are connected to this story as a sports fan in a way that we are not connected to many other stories. So I think a level of sadness has to be there of like, wow, this thing that was such a part of my life for so long is no longer going to be a part of my life. And in my case, and when I say my life, I mean for you, for Theo, for Stone, for everybody in Palm Beach County listening and the Treasure Coast right now, and for me, whether you love Belichick or hate Belichick, if you're tuning into ESPN West Palm, it means you actually care about Belichick. And Belichick, Patriot Way, this dynasty is over, and it's a piece in our sports lives that will be missing until someone and something else replaces it. Let me ask you the question that we've started with, but then I have a bunch of other things for you. Stone, just a heads up, I'm going to be given a verbal ID here coming up at the top of the hour because I want to make sure that we have enough time here with Evan. Um, so 
asking the simple question, because this is an unprecedented day. This has never happened before. It'll never happen again. When in one single sport, obviously different levels, but one single sport, the arguable two best coaches in the history of that sport are, are either A, retiring, or B, leaving the organization where they came to prominence, basically at the same time. This is unprecedented in our careers, Evan. This will never, ever, 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 ever happen again. Who has the grander legacy as of right now, 12.54 Eastern Time, January 11th. Nick Saban, seven national championships, six at Alabama, a horrible tenure with the Miami Dolphins that set that franchise back an entire decade for a multitude of reasons. Or Bill Belichick, cheating scandals abound, six Super Bowl championships, ten Super Bowl appearances, but did nothing after his franchise quarterback left the franchise. Who has the grander legacy? But when you say grander, that would indicate positives. There are no negatives on the Nick Saban resume. Like, the reality is nobody cares about assignment with the Miami Dolphins. Like, literally no one. And it's the longest I have been doing radio shows for 20-plus years. I did six hours yesterday of radio straight. The longest show I have ever done in my life was the day that Nick Saban left the Miami Dolphins for Alabama. John Martin, J. Martin, and I did from noon until 8 p.m. that day straight eight hours straight so it was insanely significant in that moment but it is so irrelevant it's almost at the point now of not even bringing up that's how irrelevant those two years were also how similar those two years were to basically everyone that's ever coached the miami dolphins outside of don shula and now of course Mike McDaniel to some extent, right? Like, time will tell here with that. So, grander, the nation today is only speaking positively about Nick Saban. The nation today should only be speaking positively about Bill Belichick, but because people will bring up the gates, the two of them, deflate and spy, and because people will do what you did, and you're not alone in that, obviously, in bringing up the record without Brady, the grander resume goes to that of Saban because to 99% of people, there are no flaws on that resume. I mean, I would argue, though, that that matters, at least the Tom Brady discussion. Uh, Tom Brady leaves, and Bill Belichick nearly uh, nearly 30 games under 500 as a head coach once Tom Brady left. Tom Brady went and validated himself against the claims that he was a system quarterback by winning in Tampa. I think now Bill Belichick's going to have a harder time, especially at 72 years old next year, going to a place and having his post-Brady validation like Brady had his post-Belichick validation. I mean, sure, but let's see where he ends up first. I mean, and the other thing that I think is crazy when people do this about the, oh, it's only because of Brady arguments. So that would indicate it is pure coincidence that Bill Belichick directly coached the greatest offensive player of all time, the greatest defensive player of all time, and the greatest special teams player of all time. Surely coincidence that Tom Brady, Lawrence Taylor, and Matthew Slater all were coached for the majority of their career by the same person. Like, that's where you're doing the verses with Brady and Belichick. I'll do the end. I will easily say there is no chance that Tom Brady would have had the career he had without Belichick, 
and no chance that Belichick would have the career he had without Brady. There is also no chance that the single greatest athlete I have ever seen in my life, Michael Jordan, would have had the career he would have had without Phil Jackson. There's also no chance that Phil Jackson would have had the career he had without Michael Jordan. That too many times we put the verses to these iconic teams instead of the end. And I think when you're talking about these two guys, you're talking about Michael and Phil, or ultimately, odd one, not a player, but I'll do it here, when we're talking about Spolstra and Riley, because don't get it twisted. There will be a day that Pat Riley will leave. There will also be a day that Eric Spolstra will take over the organization as the team president. We will then do the verses between them, which is utterly ridiculous. Oh, Spo couldn't win with Riley, without Riley winning or without Riley running the team. Or Spo won more than Riley won. We're, going, we're inevitably going to do that. We're probably 10 years ahead of that on this conversation right now, but you get the overall point. None of these things could have been done without the other. But again, going back to your question, you used the word grander, and I will go back, like I said, greater. I, I think that most will look at it as saving. Yeah, and I think that's where we're all at here, too. Levicka, Theo, and Stone, Evan Cohen, his normal Thursday spot here on ESPN 106.3, WUUB, ESPN West Palm, Jupiter. Theo Dorsey, Stone Labanowitz, me, Ken Levicka, Evan Cohen, part of Unsportsman like Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, every single morning, 6 to 10 a.m. here on ESPN 106.3. I'm sorry, Theo and Stone. I'm hogging Evan here. I'm well, sorry. Well, that's fine. That's fine. And, and again, I, I, I just am now kind of turning in the fan as I listen to a guy who literally worships at the altar of Belichick, Brady, and Heat culture kind of pontificate about what this day means. This is important to hear what Evan Cohen has to say. And I do like the point he made. Like, while sports is the most unifying uh, thing, it feels like when you're actually playing them, sports conversations are sometimes the most divisive. So the versus in the end conversation is, is a well-put one. I just wonder specifically the reason why Bill Belichick is still going to be coaching after Tom Brady and after these three years where it didn't look so good is because he feels like he still has something to prove, and he does. If he wants to really show that his legacy is the greatest NFL coach of all time, I would love to see him do it without Brady. So I would love to see what that destination is. Yeah, I don't think he has anything to prove to you. Like, literally nothing. I think he's doing it because he wants to and because I think that, like, he got one position wrong. He got the quarterback wrong because I'm not going to bore you with the rest of the roster. And I will like, trust me, I watched every single game and I could give you all the ins and outs of why this team with a decent quarterback would have been, excuse me, around a 500 team, which I know there's not 500 in the NFL anymore. So I don't think he's doing it because he has something to prove. I think he's doing it because he is clearly not done as a head coach. I don't like this move for New England. I don't see how you upgrade at the head coaching position over Bill Belichick. It is interesting to me that the people that have been rumored, three specific people, all are rumored because of their ties to Bill Belichick in Mike Vrabel, former Dolphins coach Brian Flores, and Gerard Mayo. So if you want a, a new voice and a different voice in there, and yet you're going to people that have a lot of their voice because of Belichick, that part is interesting. I don't think he's done by any stretch of the imagination, and I don't think he has anything to prove. That said, that said, I do believe he is going to prove something. I would be absolutely stunned, and I don't even know if he's going to be on. I'd be stunned if he's not in the playoffs next year. Stunned.
I just don't know. I mean, and I'll ask you, Evan, because you're pushing back on what I'm saying. A guy as competitive and as as pointed as he's been throughout his whole career, Bill Belichick, you don't think he even has something to maybe prove to himself? These past three years couldn't have felt good to him, and I don't think he wants to walk out like that. Like, he yeah. has nothing left to prove to us, but to yeah. himself, I think he's hungry to do so. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's semantics. Maybe prove is not the word. I think he's got more gas left in the tank, and he wants to show us all maybe yeah. that, see, I still have that more gas left in the tank. I, I think he is going to be so singularly focused on taking whatever team that is and making them a championship contender immediately. Uh, I think that's kind of a leap. It depends where he goes. Because if, he, if he's going to Atlanta and their reports, Arthur Blank is really, really interested in him. What is is he doing with that quarterback? Can you, can you trust? Oh, that's an easy one. Can, Justin, Fields. One. Justin Fields. I, I, I don't know if you can trust Bill Belichick and his quarterback assessment. Tom Brady was luck. And then once he didn't have Tom Brady, then the whole thing went to crap. Like, how can you sit there and say that, oh, it'll be championship caliber when you just said he got the position wrong? And the one time he got the position right, it was the luckiest Haley's Comet once every 272 years it comes into view type of event that took place for the Patriots. Again, you're going to say luck. It was luck getting him. It wasn't luck developing him because if you're credited with developing the greatest offensive, defensive, and special teams player of all time, it is not luck. It's just not. It's luck finding him. They will be the first to tell you they not they passed on him five or six times, right? They don't look at it as, see, we told you so about Brady. If, if they knew he was going to be that good, they wouldn't have waited until 199, obviously, to draft him. I think that is pretty clear. But I, I don't think um, – I, I, don't, I don't think that when you look at what's going to happen next, I don't think it is tough to imagine in any of the spots that he could be in him making the playoffs. And I'll go one step further. Are we going to sit here and not act like teams are going to fire coaches to try to get him or at least think about it? You don't think if Philly loses on Monday night that they're not going to think about it? You don't think if Buffalo loses to Mike Tomlin that they're going to think about it? You don't think that – I hate to say this, but I think he's very good. You don't think if Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys lose they're going to think about it? I'll give you another one, Okay. You're the Jacksonville Jaguars. You've already cleaned out your entire defensive staff. Yeah. You had a massive meltdown this year. Five straight losses. Trevor Lawrence, it, Trevor Lawrence is ripe for the taking, and Trevor Lawrence better be great real quick. You don't think that Belichick with the Jaguars would win that division? Well, it better be a roster made for now. It better be a roster made for, hey, we've got the pieces now. Because I don't think that Belichick has it in him to develop any longer, and I don't trust him with quarterbacks. Again, he was lucky with that. And uh, we talked with Evan Cohen, uh, part of Unsportsmanlike, with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, every single morning, 6 to 10 a.m. here on uh, ESPN 106.3. I do think this is interesting. And you mentioned Michael Jordan and how that was like the defining retirement of my childhood, Evan, where I was uh, – I was nine years old. Yeah, nine years old when he retired for the first time. So you're heartbroken, but you're not quite uh, you're still a little too young to be like oh my god, my life is crumbling because then he went right to the White Sox. So that was great for me. I love that. And then he came back and everything was fine after that. But it was weird seeing him in a Wizards uniform. You, the ultimate Bill Belichick fan, is it going to be weird seeing him in the cutoff hoodie standing on the sideline in Jacksonville? I mean, I'm with him. 
Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not giving up the Patriots, but I'm with. Like, well, that was my question. I will follow. Yeah, so yeah, so I was going to say, so you're not going to take out a new team. You'll still be a Patriots fan because Bill Belichick and the Patriot way, which he instituted, is the reason you became a Patriot fan because the ultimate bandwagon jumper. You mean to tell me you're going to stay right. with the Patriots for what? Why wouldn't you become a Jaguars fan? No, I mean, listen, Ken, obviously, you know, pot calling the kettle black here. I can't call somebody else a bandwagon fan, like somebody who was rooting for a bad football team, then Mike McDaniel shows up, then he becomes a fan of theirs, or somebody whose organization goes to crap after MJ and Derrick Rose aren't there, and then all of a sudden roots for a three-time champion. I mean, you you know, you're right to critique others for bandwagoning because <laughs> you've been a Dolphins fan your whole life. So that's a great uh, call by you. Man. I mean, give me a break. Oh, we bandwagon done show. Can I go? <laughs> it's a bandwagon show, man. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> I mean, uh, seriously, Ken. <laughs> and, and, oh, by the way, and somebody who last year renounced the Panthers yeah. for the Chiefs. Yeah. And somebody else <laughs> on this show who's a fan of literally every team in the AFC East besides the last <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. T- uh, 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 J- J- I gotta go. I'm leaving. Uh, that is Evan Cohen. Uh, uh, you hear him with Michelle Smallman <laughs> and Chris Canty every single uh, weekday, 6 to 10 a.m. here on ESPN 106.3.